Welcome to an inspirational teaching by Pastor Victor DeMonte, the senior pastor of Adonai Church, Bangalore. We hope you enjoy this teaching. We know how the outward man is doing, but how is our inward man doing? And that's what we're going to look at this morning. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, it says, Therefore do not lose heart, even though an outward man is perishing, the natural man, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Now the Apostle Paul is saying, even though the outward man is perishing, is getting older, the inner person is being renewed day by day. So if we want to grow spiritually strong, our inward man needs to be renewed on a daily basis. We need to be strengthened on the inside. In Psalm 42 verse 5, the psalmist says, Why are you cast down, O my inner self? And that's how the psalmist looked at it. Why are you cast down? Why are you feeling low? Why are you feeling depressed? O my inner self. And why should you mourn over me and be disquieted within me? So you see how he recognizes that something has gone wrong in his inner man. He's not feeling the peace that he once had. He's feeling disturbed. There's anxiousness. And something is churning in his inner man. And he's talking to his inner man. Why are you so mournful? Why are you feeling so worried and anxious on the inside? Hope in God and wait expectantly for him. So that's the encouragement. For I shall yet praise him, my help and my God. The way we solve that restlessness on the inside is coming back to a place of confidence in God. Many of you at some time or the other would have felt very disturbed on the inside. Now, in today's language, we don't know what that inside is, so we say gut feeling. Now, gut feeling is a very normal word people say, not knowing the scriptures. But that gut feeling is your inner man. Because we are not walking in confidence on God. We're not waiting on God for His direction. And so our spirit is bearing witness, something is not right. And so the psalmist is saying, Oh, spirit within you, hope in God. And then he says in his natural mind, he makes a decision. I will praise God, my help and my God. In the midst of that disturbance, he chooses to look to God and praise Him. Very good solution. So that's an indication. If there is something not quite right going on, you don't have a physical problem. You have a spiritual problem and the Spirit of God is wanting to communicate to you. I'm going to give you an example. When I went to Singapore to study in the Bible college, now, this was my first trip on a flight. Never traveled on a flight before. My first time traveling abroad. So, two first times. So, I'm sitting in the plane. Whatever others are doing, I'm doing. Nervous on the flight. Now, when I reached Singapore airport, it's far from what we see in our Indian airports. It's so massive and there are so many doors, you do not know which is entry, which is exit. And so I'm looking around and I'm searching and I will follow the crowd. And then suddenly I will turn around and I'll see another crowd go to the other door. So I'll take my bags and I'll walk to the other exit. And then I was dancing from one exit to another. 
not knowing which is entrance, no sign, nothing. Now what do I do? I see telephones there, no money to buy, a pay for a call. I didn't know it was free. And so I'm looking, I'm really troubled in my spirit. I'm troubled in my mind, troubled in my spirit. I'm confused. Now it's not daytime, so I have the rest of the day to patiently wait and figure it out. I landed in the evening. And I'm beginning to see it's getting darker and darker. And I'm frantic. I'm trying to search for my way out. I've never met anyone in Singapore. I don't know who's picking me up. And so in that midst of confusion, I decided to do one thing. Calm my spirit. And I said to myself, I don't care whether this is entrance or exit. I'm going to stand here and I'm going to trust God there for the guy to come and pick me up. So I did it. I stood there confidently with my bags and I kept praying in tongues. I kept praying in tongues and I said, I don't know, Lord, whether I'm in the right entrance or am I in the exit. But all I know, get a hold of that guy. Wherever he is, get a hold of him. You bring him to me. And that's the only way I could solve this problem. So what happened? My spirit came back to trusting God and praising God. And I was confident. I knew I'm not going to find answers by running around and trying different exits. And suddenly, I waited for about half an hour to 45 minutes. I think about that much. Not more than 45 minutes. This car turns around, screeches, literally screeching. He looks at me. He points at me. You're victim. I said, yeah. He hits his head. And he bangs the steering. I said, come, come, come. I said, this is not a very friendly welcome. <laughs> I mean, he hits his head. He said, come, 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 come very fast. I drive my back. And he said this to me. I'm a Singaporean, born Singaporean. I have come to the airport a thousand times. I have never made a mistake. I've come on a one-way street. And I've come on the wrong side. So come quick before the police catch me. And I said to myself, God got a hold of him. He can make you come down the one-way road also when he has to in order to get one of his children. Hallelujah. I have some of these stories. But you know what? The best place to come to when you're disturbed in your spirit is what the psalmist did. Hope in God. Don't be disturbed. Don't be anxious. Your spirit is crying out to be connected back with God. Come to that place of confidence with God and begin to praise God. Begin to praise Him in that midst of the situation. It's amazing to see what God will do. In 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 4, our spirit is also known as the hidden person of the heart. A person is a person who has a mind, will, and emotions. That's a person. So the hidden person of our heart has a mind, has a will, has emotions. Every person needs to grow, develop, and become strong. In the same way, our spirit, who is a person, needs to grow, needs to develop, and become strong. No one is born with a strong spirit. We all grow and become strong in our spirit. It takes time, it takes effort, and it takes discipline to grow. Our parents put in a lot of time, a lot of effort, and a lot of discipline in order to grow us. And that's how we turned out to be the way we are. In the same way, our spirit man, the hidden person of the heart, also needs to grow, develop, and become strong. How? 
by giving it time, by effort, by disciplining our spirit in order to grow and then become strong. So we see examples of this in the Bible in Luke chapter 1 verse 80, talking about John the Baptist. Now John the Baptist had a call of God on his life. Very supernaturally, uh, God spoke to Zechariah saying that the child that will come forth will be called John. The Holy Spirit filled him even at consumption, yet he had to grow and become strong in his spirit. It says the child grew and became strong. He didn't become strong overnight. Nothing grows overnight. Everything has a process and it takes time to grow. The same way with our inner man. It takes time to grow our inner man. John the Baptist grew and became strong. A smallness refers to what? Our human spirit. Every time you see a smallness, it's talking about the hidden person of the heart. The Bible is saying John the Baptist grew and became strong, not in his outward man, but in his inner man he became strong and he lived in the desert until he appeared publicly to Israel. So there was a waiting period for him to grow and develop and become strong in his spirit before he fulfilled his call. What about Jesus? Now Jesus was conceived of the Holy Spirit. Did he have a strong spirit at birth? Or did he have to grow and become strong in his spirit? Let's look at this verse in Luke chapter 2, verse 40. And the child, referring to Jesus, grew and became strong in spirit. So it's a process. You become strong in spirit. God wants every individual, every Christian, to grow and become strong in their spirit. It is not that God singles out someone and says, no, you will have a strong spirit and you will have a weak spirit. That's not God's agenda. All of us are born with the human spirit. All of us are born again in our spirit. And he wants that spirit of us called the inner man or the hidden person to grow and become strong. And this was the case even with Jesus. He grew and became strong in spirit, the smallest, filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him him. The word of God is spiritual food for our spirit, just as natural food is for our natural body. So one of the ways we grow and become strong is by nurturing our spirit with the word of God, receiving the word of God in our spirit, meditating on the word of God, reading things that will encourage us and edify us, builds our spirit. If we know how our spirit functions along with the Holy Spirit, then we will learn to move in the gifts of the Spirit. Every function that our human body has, our spirit also has. Every function. Our natural man has, the spirit man also has. I can see with my natural eyes, I can also see with my spiritual eyes. And that's how we have words of knowledge or we have seeing things in the spirit. The Holy Spirit speaks to my spirit and I begin to see pictures and you begin to see pictures because the Holy Spirit speaking to our human spirit. In the Old Testament, they are called seers. Why? Because they had the ability to see things in the spiritual realm. And God can allow all of us to see things in the realm of the spirit by visions or by pictures 
of how God wants to communicate with you. So I have physical eyes, natural eyes, I also have spiritual eyes. I have natural ears and I also have spiritual ears. I have the ability to feel and experience things physically in my natural man. I also have ability to feel and experience spiritual things in my spirit man, the inner man. Now, that's not only for me, that's all of you. So all of us have natural eyes and you have spiritual eyes. Are you okay with that? As a non-Christian, people will come and ask me, did you receive Jesus in your heart? I think, that's strange. Why would I want him in my heart? My heart is doing okay. Anyone thought like that? No, I'm the only one. And I used to find this very strange. Have you received Jesus in your heart? It made no sense. Then you come to church and then someone says, you must worship God with your heart. I always thought heart meant the physical heart. Majority of the times when the scripture talks about heart, it's talking about the inner man. The heart of man is the spirit of man. So your spirit is here. Where is your spirit? Pointed, where is your spirit? Your heart physically is here. What you learned in school is right. Your physical heart is there and the pumping blood pang off for your physical heart. But when the Bible talks about the heart, or our spirit, the inner man, the inner man is here. So when you see, where do you see? You see in your spirit eyes, your inner man, which is on the inside. Jesus says, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. What is that innermost being? The innermost being is your spirit being. It's the spirit man. Out of there will flow rivers of living water. So the realm of the spirit is not far away from us. If you have the spirit of Christ in you, then we are in the realm of the spirit having an earthly experience because the spirit of God is connected with you. The Holy Spirit is not attached to our brain, thankfully. The Holy Spirit is attached to our spirit, the inner man. So we must allow the realm of the Holy Spirit to become our realm. The Holy Spirit speaks directly to our spirit. We all know that demons are around. We need to equally know that angels are around. We are one with God. We are one with the angels. The Bible says in Psalm 34 verse 7, God has given his angels to encamp right around us. How do you see angels? Through your spiritual eyes. Now it's not that I see angels all the time. Or not that we all see angels all the time, but there are times when the Holy Spirit can touch your spirit and you can see those angels. You can see demons, the eyes of your spirit. Psalm 91 verse 11 says, God has given his angels to keep charge over us. They watch over us. It is a different realm and we need to get used to living in the realm of the spirit. Our spirit is hooked up with the Holy Spirit. And because our spirit is hooked up with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit should be able to communicate with our spirit anytime, anything that he wants to communicate. The problem is, we have our devotions half an hour. And after half an hour talking to God, we hang up the receiver. We say, okay, my time. If God, you want to speak, half an hour. 
After that, the receiver goes dead. Making sense? Our spirit is hooked up with the Spirit of God 24 hours. And the more aware we are that our spirit is connected with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit can communicate with our spirit and we can hear God, receive directions, and be blessed. So we're going to look at the first function of the human spirit. The first function is our spirit is born again. In John chapter 3, a Pharisee called Nicodemus came to Jesus by night and said, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher and you come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And now Jesus responds to the Pharisee of Nicodemus and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. So what is Jesus saying to him? Unless your spirit is born again, you will not be able to understand spiritual things. You'll never be able to see the kingdom of God. Many people have a great difficulty in understanding the scripture because our spirit is still dead. When your spirit is alive, the first thing that happens, you begin to understand scripture. The Bible begins to make sense to you. You begin to relate with the word in a deeper way. Why? Because your spirit is born again. Our spirit was born in the Garden of Eden, but was separated from God because of Adam's sin. And as a result, we are all born in this fallen world with a spirit which is dead, separated from God because of our sin. Jesus came with the message of forgiveness and repentance and he also said, our spirit which was dead can now be alive. And that's why our spirit is born again. We have a human spirit which is dead. The Holy Spirit comes when, into our spirit when we accept Jesus. And that's when our spirit is alive and is born again. Jesus said this in Luke chapter 4 verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. And look at the word that Jesus uses. And recovery of sight for the blind. The whole world is spiritually blind. We were all spiritually blind till the Spirit of God, till Jesus ignited our heart, born again, and now we can see the kingdom of God. So the world is spiritually in darkness, blinded. And Jesus came to bring recovery to the blind or for the blind. You can't recover what you don't have. You can only recover what you have. So man, as a human being, have a human spirit. Many people don't even know it, that we have a human spirit. Many of us, even in the church, don't realize the hidden person of the heart. And Jesus came to bring recovery to those who are spiritually blind. Give back sight so that we can relate to a spiritual world. So Jesus says in John chapter 3, coming back to that scripture, verse 6 and 7, tells Nicodemus, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born natural is of the natural man. We are all born physically into this world. And that which is born of the Spirit, capital is speaking of the Holy Spirit. 
is spirit. So our salvation is a spiritual experience with God's spirit igniting our spirit and connecting us together. Verse 7, Jesus says to Nicodemus, Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Don't marvel, don't be too surprised. Why did Jesus say that? Because Nicodemus was a Pharisee. A Pharisee is one who observes the laws and the commands of God very strictly. A very, very, very religious person is a Pharisee. They are very caught up with the do's and don'ts. And Jesus is saying, don't marvel. I'm telling you, a religious person, the one who's an observer of the law, you need to be born again. Because we cannot understand the things of the Spirit if our spirit is not born again. It's only when our spirit is born again, the Bible and the things of the Spirit begin to make sense. In Romans chapter 8, verse 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are mature sons of God. So the Holy Spirit leads us in our spirit, and we grow in maturity as his sons. And verse 16 says, The Spirit, capital N, speaking of the Holy Spirit, bears witness with our spirit, the inner man, the hidden person of the heart. The Holy Spirit is bearing witness to our spirit that we are children of God. We will not understand the message that was preached when we got saved or got born again, but we remember the experience that we've gone through when we accepted Jesus as our Savior. Am I right? We do not know the doctrine of salvation, but we all have an experience of salvation because something happened in our spirit. The spirit bears witness that we are children of God. The second function of the human spirit or the inner man is to worship God. In John chapter 4 verse 23, Jesus has a dialogue with the Samaritan woman and uh, the woman gets very religious and says, we must worship God on that mountain. And Jesus says this to her, the hour is coming and now is when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship Him. What did Jesus mean that time has now come? That God is looking for true worshippers. In the past, they worshipped God through sacrifices. They pleased God by their own obedience. Jesus is saying the time has now come. God is looking for true worshippers. Who are true worshippers? True worshippers are those who worship God out of their spirit. Now people say heart. Heart is referring to a spirit. Where is your spirit? Can you point out where is your spirit? Your spirit is here. And so it says in John 4, 24, God is a spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So you notice the spirit is small and talking about the inner man. When we worship God, our spirit connects with God, and God gives us a revelation of who He is in our spirit. And that makes worship spiritual. Worship is not about lifting hands. Worship is not about singing songs. Worship is connecting our spirit with God's spirit. God is a spirit, and they that worship God must worship in spirit. It's their spirit and in truth, what is the truth? The truth is a revelation of who God is. That's why we don't have pictures. You can't put a picture to God. 
He's bigger than any picture. They always say, how do you really know that Jesus looked like that? When you go to heaven, you'll be surprised. You'll say, I've been worshipping the wrong guy. Worship and understanding about who Jesus is, is out of a revelation of what the Bible says in our spirit. Worship Him in spirit and in truth. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 15 verse 8, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far away. What did Jesus mean by heart far away? Not physical heart. Meant your spirit, your heart, your spirit is far away. We only go through the emotions of saying or singing things, but our spirit is not connecting with the words that we sing. A good example for worship is Mary in Luke chapter 1, verse 46. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. What soul is he talking about? Her mind, her will, and emotions is your soul. My soul, so our mind is not empty when we worship God. Our mind comprehends God to the extent we have a revelation of Him. Her soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. So there's a combination of what's happening in the soul as well as in the spirit. Her inner man rejoices in God, and that's what true worship is. The next function of our human spirit is the ability to see. We see with the natural eyes, and we can also see with the spirit. The Apostle Paul prays this for the church in Ephesians 1.18. I pray that the eyes of your heart, the eyes of your heart is where? So this morning is a little bit of acquainting you with what your spiritual man is. Where is your eyes? Show me. People sing that song, Lord, open my eyes, and they do this, Lord, open my eyes, Lord, help me to see you, open my ears here. You're putting your hands in the wrong place. No wonder we can't see God or hear God. You don't hear God through your natural eyes or your natural ears. You hear God through your spirit. So when you sing, Lord, open my eyes, what would you do? You put your hands here and say, Lord, would you open my spiritual eyes? Open my ears so that I can hear what you have to say. We will look at all of the scriptures as we go on. And so the Apostle Paul is praying for the church, Lord, enlighten the, the eyes of their heart in order they may know the hope that which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. So when our spiritual eyes are enlightened, we begin to understand spiritual things. We understand we are sons of God, our identity in God. We understand the blessing and the riches that God has given to us. How? Through our spiritual eyes. The eyes of the Spirit. When I got saved, I somehow latched onto this passage of Scripture. You can go home and read the whole prayer. And you can pray that for yourself. And I would lay my hands on the Scripture. I didn't understand all what I was praying, but I prayed it. And I said, if, if the Apostle Paul prayed for the church, it must be anointed. If it's written in the Word, it must be doubly anointed. And so I need to pray this for myself. And as I began to pray the prayer, I began to understand it more and more. And I suggest you do that. Read the prayer. Pray the prayer. And the more you pray it, the more insight you get about the prayer. You, God begins to enlighten your spiritual eyes that, then you, that when you read the word, you begin to understand it in a deeper way. 
Matthew chapter 5 verse 8. Jesus says, blessed are the pure in, which heart is he talking about? Your spirit. Blessed is your heart which is pure and not defiled. For they shall see God. How will they see God? With your spiritual eyes. Luke chapter 10 verse 22. Jesus says, No one knows who the Son is except the Father. And no one knows who the Father is except the Son. And to those whom the Son chooses to reveal the Father. So Jesus is the one that brings a revelation of who the Father is in our spirit. And then he turns to his disciples and said privately to them, Blessed are your eyes. They see what you see. Only Jesus had this way of confusing the crowd and talking to the disciples. You notice how often he did that? He will say things that baffles the crowd, then he'll turn to his disciples, then he'll explain to them. We do it the other way around. We'll confuse the disciples, then we'll talk to the crowd. So what Jesus is saying to his disciples, look, I'm saying all of this, they will not see it. But blessed are your eyes, your spiritual eyes. You're able to see what I'm talking about. Now here's a very important scripture. If you'd like to turn to your Bibles, look at that scripture, underline it, and keep it, it's important. In Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27, the human spirit is the lamp of the Lord. What is it saying? Your human spirit is a lamp of the Lord that sheds light on one's innermost being. If this place is dark, what would you need? Light. If I had a lamp here, would it help me? No. Why? I need to light it. And once the lamp is lit, I can find my way. I can know where to go without stumbling. I can, I can reach that place where I want to go because my lamp is lit. The Bible is saying, your human spirit is like a lamp of the Lord. When the world hasn't got their lamps lit, their human spirit lit, they stumble in darkness. They have no direction. There's no purpose. But we, as God's people, His light has lit our lamp, and so we can have direction from God without stumbling, and we can avoid the pitfalls of the enemy. Our lamp is lit. That's why Jesus says, you are the light of this world. Why did Jesus say that? Our lamp has been lit with His light. And now we reflect His light as we begin to live our life. Is your lamp lit? If your lamp is lit, it can go brighter and brighter. And in fact, the Bible says, the path of the righteous is like a light that gets brighter and brighter under the most perfect day. And God wants our lamp to shine brightly. He wants our human spirit, the inner man, to be lit up so that we will not struggle with direction, we will not struggle with wisdom because our spirit is now lit and we can receive the wisdom, the knowledge, and the understanding from God. That making sense? That's how God communicates to our spirit, through visions, through seeing things, uh, through prophetic words. He lights up our spirit. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 22, The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. 
Now let me break that up for you. The lamp of the body is the eye. That means our natural eye gives us direction for our natural body to go without stumbling. If our natural mind doesn't pick up and fall into the pit, our natural mind protects us from danger. In the same way, the Bible is saying, when your natural mind is good, it affects your spirit and it can fill your whole spirit with light. Your whole body is filled with light. Demons do not fear us as individuals. Demons fear because of the light that's in us. Have you understood that? In fact, demons know far much more about Christ than what some of us do. They believe, they know the reality of what Jesus did on the cross. They know where he came from and where he is and what the end will be. His light, the light of Jesus in us, is a threat to the enemy. And so Jesus says, if your eye is good, another translation says, if your eye is single, if you're single-minded, and you fill your natural eyes with good things, then what you see will affect your spirit. You watch good things, good things will fill your spirit. Here's a general principle. Whatever you behold, you will become. Isn't that true? Seeing has a powerful impact on our imagination and in our spirit. That's why advertising is a big thing in today's world. The more you see it, the more you impact it, and the more you impact it, your spirit wants it. And so that's why God communicates with the ability to see things in our spirit. And when you see things with your natural eyes which are good, the effect it has on our spirit will be good. Your spirit gets defiled and your body is filled with darkness. If you watch things with greed in your heart or with your eyes, it affects your spirit and greed fills your spirit. So whatever you want to feed your spirit, either with light or with darkness, it happens by what you see. Your natural eyes affects your spiritual sight. And some of us are defiled in our spirit because we watch the wrong things. When you wake up the next morning to pray, you can't connect. You have disturbing images in front of you. Why? It's an indication your spirit is defiled. Bring it before God. Ask God to sanctify and cleanse you so that there will be restoration of not only your physical sign, but your spiritual eyes will be restored. You'll be able to see and worship God with clarity. Is that making sense? So it says here, but if your eye is bad, watching bad things or things which are not edifying, if your eye is bad, your whole body will be filled with darkness. So we have a discipline in order for us to grow our spirit and become strong and become healthy. In Psalm 119, verse 130 says, the entrance of your words give light. That's what the psalmist says. That's what the Bible says. The entrance of God's word brings light. God is light and his word is filled with light. The more of his word you have in your heart, the more light enters into your heart. We all as God's people radiate a light 
from within us. It's a light that goes out. It's not our light, His light in our spirit. When the Bible says the entrance of His word brings light, it gives understanding to the simple. It's not talking about knowing the word in our mind. It's talking about knowing the word in our heart where there is a revelation of the word. Now here's a good example. After you read your Bible in the morning, how much of the Bible you retain in your heart? How much of the Bible stays with you for that day? When you retain that scripture, meditate on that scripture, apply that scripture, it brings forth light. It brings forth understanding even to the simple. Simple means they don't know where to go. It gives direction for them. And that's what light does. And that's why the more light we have, the more direction and more clarity in life we will have. The one thing that will keep darkness out of our lives is the Word of God. Psalm 119 verse 11. Your Word is hidden in my heart. Where's your heart? Your spirit. The psalmist says God's Word is hidden not in his mind but in his heart. That I might not sin against you. So it's a good thing to keep scriptures in a place where you want to meditate on. Which you apply in your heart. And once the word gets in your heart, then you don't need the scripture on the wall. Because it becomes truth, it becomes part of you. It becomes reality. So it's good to take portions of the scripture, meditate on the scripture, and apply it. Let it get into your spirit, brings light, brings understanding, strength, and then it helps you to live a balanced life. And so the psalmist found the secret of keeping darkness out of his life. By hiding the word in his heart. We don't fight with darkness of the enemy. All we got to do is turn on the light. Turn on the light. If this place is dark, it takes two seconds to fill this hall with light. What do I need to do? Turn on the switch. The minute you turn on light, darkness goes. Now, if you want to get into the ministry of deliverance, all you got to do, turn on the light. And when you turn on the light, darkness will disappear. That's why the word is powerful. It brings light into our heart. Many times we are fighting with darkness. And it's very difficult to drive out darkness. Anyone try to drive out darkness? You can't drive out darkness. The only thing that can drive darkness out is light. When there is light, darkness disappears. I'm going to share this. It's been in my mind. I was praying for a person that was heavily demonized. And suddenly this demon looked like that at me and said, Ha! I can see the Prince of Peace in you. Isn't that amazing? Even before I can acknowledge it, she acknowledged it. You see, the spirit can see what's happening on the inside of you. And that is true for all of us. The enemy knows who is living on the inside of you. We need to know who is living on the inside of us. And the more we establish ourselves with the truth of Christ, His Spirit, His light dwelling on the inside of us, the more confident, the more victorious we will live our life. The enemy, Satan, is not after your money. He's not after your health. He's not after your relationships. The one thing the enemy wants to get at is our spirit. Why? Because the Bible says, out of our spirit comes the answers of life. 
If he's got your spirit, he's got your money, he's got your health, he's got discouragement coming your way. Because he's got your spirit. Give you a scripture. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Where does the answers of life come from? Your spirit, which God puts it there. So it says, guard your heart. Why do we guard something? Because it's under attack. A poor man will never have a security guard in front of his house. True? He says, please, you're welcome. There's nothing much to take. It's only the rich people have two security guards and a lot of dogs to scare away people because they have a lot to guard. And God is saying, you have something so precious on the inside of you. The answers of life is on the inside of you. You need to guard your heart above everything else. Guard it. Protect your heart. Don't let the enemy bring things into your life that will rob you of his peace. Don't let the enemy rob you of your faith. Guard your heart. Protect your heart. What heart is he talking about? Not your physical heart. Your physical heart is okay. He's talking about your spirit. Guard your spirit because out of your spirit comes the wellspring of life. God speaks into our spirit. God communicates his plans in our spirit. He fills us with the knowledge of his will, with all spiritual understanding in our spirit. And so, if you are lacking direction, be open to the spirit of God, illuminating our spirit that will give you direction of what to do and what not to do. All you got to do is train your mind to listen to your spirit, because your spirit has the ability to see what God wants you to see. We don't grow our spirit overnight. It takes time. And that's why I will continue this next Sunday. Our spirit also has the ability to hear God. Not only we have spiritual eyes, we also have spiritual ears. And there's a whole lot of scriptures that Jesus talks about with regards to our spiritual ears. But as of now, let's stop at spiritual eyes. So that we can be sensitive to the things of the Spirit. So when you pray and God says something to you, God gives you a picture, God gives you a reference verse, take a hold of it. It's God speaking into your spirit, for out of your spirit comes the answers of God. Thank you for listening to this message. To know more about us, please visit www.adonai-ministries.com.